Welcome to the EU Startups Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the show hosted by Marcin Lewandowski. Hey everyone, this is Marcin Lewandowski and you're listening to the EU Startups Podcast. My guest today is the amazing Jacqueline van den Ende. Um, Jacqueline is an entrepreneur turned investor turned entrepreneur twice over. She's a passionate um, builder of high-impact ventures. She's a co-founder of Amsterdam-based climate fintech company, um, Carbon Equity. Carbon Equity was funded with the mission to unlock retail capital and scale to power uh, breakthrough climate technologies whilst enabling more equitable ownership. Uh, Jacqueline is obsessed with the question of how we can leverage capital, mo capital most effectively to mitigate climate change. Everyone, uh, give it up for Jacqueline van den Ende. So awesome to have you on the show, Jacqueline. Yeah, thanks for having me, Marcin. Amazing to have you. Um, Jacqueline, before we start, I wanted to clear uh, one thing. When doing my research on you, I found a mini bio on IMDb saying that Jacqueline van, de Ende, van den Ende is known for movies like Raf Mixer and uh, Zuiker Trip. Are you secretly a movie star too? <laughs> no, but I was a producer once upon a time. Yes, I have actually produced. Nice, a, so you uh, did that. Yeah. So awesome. And a movie, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, How was that experience? Tell me more about Lives. <laughs> well, I was working in the, um, in a small cinema, a student-run cinema. Right, right. And all that. of the people that were working there were movie students. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they thought, well, Jackie knows what to do with Excel and she's pretty structured. Maybe she can be our producer. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how it happens. <laughs> I produced a series for them. Almost even considered quitting my studies to become a full-time producer, but then I didn't do that. And uh, later I produced another movie. And I think they're still two of the most creative, wild, like, uh, directors, art directors that I know. And uh, so that was my film uh, film stint of my life. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. I love it. How did I miss that last time? Um, <laughs> so, Jacqueline, every, every entrepreneur has some sort of, uh, you know, start button. Like what inspired you to hit yours and can you share a moment that made you realize uh, this is where I belong? Ooh, a start button. I think, uh, first of all, like business ideas typically, I'm really gifted in the sense that business ideas fall from the sky. Like nice. all the That's time. That's a great gift. <laughs> it is a great gift. It's a gift I'm very grateful for. And very often it falls from the sky with a name. <laughs> nice. Actually, my first the clinical Zilton, like I, yeah, the whole idea fell from the sky. I envision, I visualized it exactly the way that it is today. Mm -hmm. I guess it even got bigger than I had originally thought. And and it came with the name, the clinical Zilton. And carbon equity also just fell from the sky. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's kind of a starting point. And a second thing is I've learned I am not able to start anything by myself mm -hmm. because I am such an idea woman that I just get, you know, stuck in the idea. Yeah. And so I've learned uh, in order to actually get started and get over this hump, I feel like very often for a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs uh -huh. and maybe even for like serial entrepreneurs, there's a speed bump between ideas 
and getting started. Mm. And that speed bump is all kinds of concerns. Yeah. You know, is my idea good enough? Am I good enough? Can I pull this off? Is it the right timing? Is there not too much competition? And the only way to get over the speed bump mm -hmm. is to get started. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is... It. As soon as I have an idea, I share it with everyone. Like, it doesn't matter if they know you well or don't know you well. I just share it with everyone. And then the best ideas, I notice that they are sticky. Like people, you know, refer to them or they ask me more. Mm -hmm. And and the very best ideas, people ask me, like, how can I be part of it? And then part two, I'm very open in inviting people in. So I, you know, quite randomly invite strangers becoming co-founders. <laughs> And, and that helps me in like getting from idea to action because they are the people that then say, okay, well, let's, you know, let's go look for our first customer and let's mm -hmm. actually get started doing the work. Yeah. So, yeah, an idea is nothing until you execute upon it. Right. It's all about execution. And I love your approach and everything seems so easy. And um, yeah, I, but I, I'm sure it's not also. Uh, so, Jacqueline. Starting carbon equity because you already mentioned um, some some things about carbon equity uh, is like you know setting sail on a climate saving adventure. What um, you you kind of said that it dropped uh, from the sky, but what actually sparked that that mission in you, and what truly encapsulates the spirit of your journey? Yeah, for me, it was a very distinct moment reading the book, The Sixth Extinction, yeah. that I, it talks about the five major extinctions in the history of the planet. And like one of the major extinctions, the most recent one was the extinction of the dinosaurs and 95% plus of all species on Earth were wiped out. Mm -hmm. um, and in the book, she describes how in every major extinction event, it was caused by climate change. And that the speed of climate change and biodiversity loss uh, at the moment is unprecedented. So compared to the five major extinction periods in the history of the planet, that wiped out more than 95% of living species. Mm -hmm. The speed at which that same process is happening is unprecedented in the history of the planet. And it helped me realize that that is only going to end up one way. You know, that is ultimately going to lead to human extinction because... Yeah. Humans cannot exist in isolation of their environment. We cannot exist in isolation of global biodiversity because ultimately we're just one part. We're at the top of the food chain, but as the food chain collapses, human race will collapse. So it helped me realize that like nothing else matters other than solving climate change. Like spending my time any other way is a waste of time because, you know, you can earn so much money in your life, yeah. but if you don't have it, livable planet i'm not claiming that human race will go extinct within the next hundred years but as humans we need to start thinking about a much bigger time scale we need to be thinking about like what is a 500 year plan and within the next hundred years already even if human race will not go extinct conditions like uh on life will change dramatically and it will be much more difficult for billions of people including ourselves mm -hmm. to have a comfortable life the way that we currently can enjoy, at least in parts of the world. So it helped me realize that this is sort of like a meta problem that I want to spend the rest of my life uh, yeah, working on. Totally it, yeah. 
Amazing. Uh, you know, like at Carbon Equity, you're like uh, the Avengers on on a mission to make a positive change and and save the planet. So actually, um, maybe can you paint a picture of the world you hope to see at the end of this mission? And um, like, what's your? You already mentioned a few superpowers of yours, but uh, maybe you have more. What's your superpower or, or superpowers that will help make it happen? Yeah. But I, and I want to I want to qualify one thing. I think what I'm doing is is not purely a planet saving mission. I also believe that building impactful businesses are good business, right? No. If you solve real world challenges, that you are actually building a business. Because occasionally we seem to see it as a trade off, like oh, either you're making a lot of impact or you're building a successful business. And I think mm -hmm. those two can go hand in hand. Yeah, and it is much it more fulfilling called successful business that actually solves a real world problem and that has an impact in the world yeah. than it is to build successful business that only exists to make money like that so i just want to qualify that it's not purely altruistic i also think that you can actually build a very successful business like exactly because you have a purpose and the world that i envision you know if carbon equity is successful the highest possible like impact that I would like to have is to create a new perspective on money like to literally put on a new set of like you know glasses like a new set of like pink sunglasses where we view money in a different way money now there's a goal in itself to accumulate as much money and to sit on it but really money as a means to help solve the world's most the biggest and most exciting challenges like yeah. i think you know, if we can shift that perspective for money is something that we're trying to gather it's like money what does it enable us to do mm -hmm. and i think that's uh that's an important shift in mindset like beyond yes i want to mobilize billions of dollars for climate tech uh, but i think the idea of shifting the very perspective of money is a yet bigger idea a bigger outcome of what i'm trying to do Amazing. You yeah. asked superpowers. Yeah, uh, superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess my, my most important superpower is uh, storytelling, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we need more storytelling. I think like what the world needs is an enticing story of what a, what a better future looks like. Mm -hmm. you know? So currently there's so much fear and anxiety about the future. And a lot of people are very pessimistic that the future can be better. Yeah. And I think what we need is like a compelling story that people can visualize and get really excited about and sprint towards. Instead of that, we're seeing all of this, you know, the whole transition from fossil intense mm -hmm. to fossil fuel. While people are experiencing so much resistance, you know, like the story is a lot about what we need to let go of and what we not need to do, etc. But like envisioning a world where we're done with fossil fuels, with like toxic air pollution yeah. with you know like uh oil and gas are non-renewable funds like switching to um to renewable energy which is like endless mm -hmm. is a much just clean by the way and living in a circular economy where we're not wasting but we're using where we're living not in an extractive society but in balance with our surroundings yeah. that is compelling vision like and i want I think we need to paint that picture and then inspire everybody, left or right of the political spectrum, to sprint towards that future because it's something to aspire for. So 
think storytelling is an important skill in it, and I think I, I I can play a role in that in that in telling that story. You know, everything what you just said, it sounds just so natural and intuitive. Like it's crazy that actually there is a shift that is required, and we need to like fight for it and like bring people together. Like I, it's a bit crazy. Um, but also, like you mentioned um, at the beginning. Uh, that you know, um, it's not like all altruistic, and it's also about you know building business. Um, and I think I, I was uh, thinking about it, and and I know that you dance between the two worlds of investing and entrepreneurship, and so probably that's also like this mindset is also kind of mindset that you bring from your previous experience as an investor. So how? Uh, I, I was wondering how, how do you um, how does experiences actually complement each other? You know, being an investor and an entrepreneur, and what unique insights do you bring from your dual role um, at Carbon Equity? Yeah, so you need Carbon Equity is sort of really at the intersection of investing and entrepreneurship. And so, what Carbon Equity is, we're a climate fund investing platform where we enable the marketize access to impact private equity. So we basically make it possible to invest in the world's best, at this moment, climate technology funds mm-hmm. from low minima, as a result of which you know, everybody can help solve global challenges with their money. That's kind of what we're trying to do. And, and why is that at the intersection of entrepreneurship and investing? Because yes, we are, or we manage multiple investment funds. But the way I'm thinking about carbon equity is not I'm running an investment fund. I'm running a platform whose role is not necessarily to be the investment expert or we have a lot of investment experts in our team. But really, how do I mobilize private capital at scale? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like were wondering, like, Jackie, why, why do you move from a position as a partner in a VC fund? And then you set up a fund of funds platform. Aren't you further removed from the impact? Mm-hmm. No. Because whereas my investment team is doing making great investment decisions, I am only thinking about how do I make this really big? How do I unlock private capital at scale to help solve global challenges? So that's the entrepreneurial side of it. And I think what I bring from what I bring from investing, from the investing discipline, is the understanding that money shapes the future. Yeah. As an investor, you're literally painting the future mm-hmm. because that way give money the plants that you water will grow and the things that you don't finance will not grow or not grow as fast so you're literally deciding the path of the future but what you learn from entrepreneurship is thinking big and I think a lot of you know VC funds or investment funds think very small like it's the least scalable business that you can have you know all of these it's super interesting because all of these VCs are thinking about how do we scale our companies but they're not at all scalable themselves <laughs> they often have like the lowest tech kind of infrastructure they are not at all focused on you know people development the way that an entrepreneur would mm-hmm. like realize that people are their core assets so I think a lot of VCs are not thinking about their own model and like how do I make this scalable and so with Carbonecti, I want to mobilize 10 billion over the next 10 years. Yeah. And I think it can be done, but it requires that you're thinking like in a really scalable way of like, how do I make fundraising into a machine, into a scalable process? How do I pl- deploy capital at scale? How do I build a brand, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think this sort of like 
thinking about a VC fund as an entrepreneur would actually help a lot of funds, a lot of investors, you know, think about bigger. Amazing. I love it. And I also love the storytelling as a superpower you mentioned before. Um, Jacqueline, I want to actually play a game with you now. Um, Exciting. (laughs) So while doing, also while doing a research on you, I um, like to prepare for this podcast. I found um, some very cool quotes from you. Um, so, So how about we play a game that I'll tell you the quote. And you'll tell me how you embrace it in your life or your business and and elaborate on the quote a bit for the audience. Oh, wow. These are my quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do it. I'm very curious. All right, ready? Uh, so here we go. Um, what's the first quote? Embrace uncertainty and seek opportunities in unfamiliar territories. It's where true, uh, it's where true growth lies. Where did you find that? <laughs> okay, cool. I could have said that. Interesting. Um, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I think the essence of this is your biggest learning are in your hardest moments. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest challenges, the hardest moments, the moments that you literally sit crying on the toilet are probably also the moments of biggest personal and professional growth and knowing that now because as you grow a little bit older you can reflect on like the deep lows of your life and also understand what they ultimately brought to you uh-huh. helps you understand that you're playing a longer game in your life you know yeah. when you're young you see things much more as a one shot you know it's all or nothing and then when you grow older you understand there are ups and there are downs and Knowing that downs and hard moments and challenges and moments of great upsets are so valuable changes your mindset when whilst you're in it. Like, so now when I get a rejection or when something doesn't work uh-huh. or when there are arguments in my team, I've upset people, all kinds of things, I learned to embrace the how interesting like mindset and how interesting it's... Um, And something I learned from Benjamin Zander, he was the orchestra of uh, the orchestra conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra, uh-huh. and he has this YouTube video about five ways to lead a great life. Mm-hmm. And in that video, he is uh, training or practicing with a cellist, yeah. and uh, the cellist makes a mistake, and he teaches her that when she makes a mistake, to say, "How interesting!" And they're not like like. Oh, how interesting. But no, like, how interesting. Like, full-bodied. How interesting. And and that is such a great way to reflect, like, on the deepest, darkest, hardest moments yeah. of your life. How interesting. You know, like, This so is what so is cool. going on? I love it. Yeah. I'm going to start using it now. I actually, yeah. today when I go home, I'm going to say the same to my daughter. That's such a cool <laughs> thing. Um, so let, let's go to the next one. Um, I think it's a bit similar to this one, but let's try it out. Uh, entrepreneurship isn't bound by familial context. It's a mindset that transcends backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you're going to have fun. <laughs> this must be another Jacqueline from the end. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Entrepreneurship is something that it's transcends not bound by us. familial context. It's uh, it's a mindset that you know transcends backgrounds. 
<laughs> I am not sure what to make of it, but I can. Well, I can improvise here. But uh, <laughs> well, entrepreneurship is a mindset. I mean, it is. It's a mindset of, for me, the essence of entrepreneurship. Because entrepreneurship, we can blow up into sort of this mystical thing, and I think mm-hmm. we make it much too mystical and much too sort of like a big, cool, but also somehow unachievable thing. Entrepreneurship is having a, a solution to a problem that somebody has and is willing to pay money for. Mm-hmm. That is entrepreneurship is selling a solution to a problem that somebody has and is willing to pay money for. The moment that you identify a problem and you have a solution and you sell it to that person, you are in business. That's where your startup starts. So it's not that mystical, and I guess it does transcend all kinds of million boundaries or whatever. <laughs> But, yeah, so it is a mindset to build to to solve problems. That's that's the core of it. Amazing. I love it. Great, uh, great improvisation. Uh, so, Jacqueline, excellence, excellence in team selection is paramount. Never settle for mediocrity uh, when hiring. Definitely said that. Yeah, that 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 could be tattooed on my face. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing. I I've had the privilege of hiring uh, tens, if not hundreds, of people. Mm-hmm. Like in the Philippines, where I led businesses up to 500 people. Like that's the only thing I did. Mm-hmm. I made many, many hiring mistakes in the beginning of my career. Where the classic mistake is to fill seats yeah. and to hire people who can do the job. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's a mortal sin to hire somebody who can do the job. Mm-hmm. Like what you want is to hire somebody who will excel, and I see that on a scale of one to five. Like where three is somebody who can do the job, you know, somebody who can do sales or somebody who has marketing experience and can therefore, you know, do the marketing job. Yeah. Never, ever hire somebody who can simply do the job. What you want is somebody who really wows you, yeah. and that can really excel. And that's somebody like a four is somebody who's great, and a five is like amazing. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, like the value of hiring somebody who's a four or a five is going to always be. 3x the value of somebody who's a three, so you might as well pay double. You know, if you need, pay double for that person who is a four or a five, mm-hmm. and you're still gonna ROI. So, then, yeah. and secondly, what is very very important to to realize is that talent attracts talent. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to work at Carbon Equity because they go through the people on LinkedIn who work at Carbon Equity and say, "Those people I want to work on." So you should be uncompromising. When people don't meet the bar, they should not be in your team because it's going to lower the standard for your whole team. And talent will attract talent. A players attract A players. So it's it's the most important thing, or one of the most important things as a CEO that you really need to nail is attracting the right talent and being uncompromising yeah. in hiring the right people. Amazing. And and admitting when you make a mistake and correcting it. Love it, and and yeah, this is so true. Like uh, you know, great people attract great people. If you hire great people, great more great people will come. This is uh, yeah. Uh, so next one in investing, originality and independent thinking. Trump confirming to templates and structures. Yes, yes, very much. That's something I learned early on in my career where. 
So I came from consultancy. My first company was the Kleine Consultant, which is the Netherlands' biggest uh, student-run strategy mm -hmm. consultant. And I had been going through all the business courses of McKinsey, and you learn about the issue tree and how to structure things according to certain like, strategy consulting frameworks. And then I uh, I applied for many strategy consultants as uh, when I started when started looking for a job. Yeah. Actually, to my great surprise, I was rejected at many. <laughs> It's really surprising to me. But then I uh, landed a job very unexpectedly at a private equity in a private equity fund. Mm -hmm. It was completely unexpected. They, in this private equity fund, they hire one or two people, and typically they're really, you know, literal rocket scientists, nuclear physicists, like really brilliant people. And I was mm -hmm. nothing like that. I was. They literally told me I was the wild card. <laughs> But <laughs> and I knew nothing. I I literally did not know what private equity was. I only mm -hmm. figured that a few years after after I actually left the job, I, I finally understood what private equity really was. Um. But when I landed, I didn't know anything about valuation. And when I came to that job for the first day, there was a big pile of books and they asked, Jackie, can you make us a valuation model? Mm -hmm. I had no idea and nobody explained it to me. But what was asked for me is to do what you call first principles thinking. Like not to think about what framework do I need to use to model this company, but really what drives value in a company. Yeah. So... You know, like investing is not about doing things according to a template or doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah. A good investor is counter, is has a has a contrarian view. Yeah. Because the people who pick up the jewels which are underfunded, nobody else saw that opportunity. Exactly. And that is why you are a successful investor by being having a to be yeah, to, to have a counter view versus in consultancy you're trying to comply with the way that the world already operates yeah. so a good investor has a contrarian view and is a first principles thinking the cool thing about having an investing job yeah. is that your job is to understand the world and to understand how things work awesome Jacqueline uh, next one building something lasting requires a steadfast commitment to freedom and a desire for impact <laughs> I'm not sure if I said that. Um, building something lasting requires a commitment to freedom and impact. Uh, well, it does sort of like elements of that fit my narrative. I I am an entrepreneur because I seek freedom, I think. Uh -huh. I ultimately want to sail my own course and not have a boss and not have to work until retirement. So if we... You know, entrepreneurship is a level of freedom. Uh -huh. um, and I think impact, having clear what your purpose is, helps you hang in there for the long run. Yeah. Because, like, I think maybe when I started off my entrepreneurial career, I wanted to be, like, startup founder. I think there was still that myth of, like, you know, you can build a company and sell it within four years, and then you're, like, a millionaire, and then, you know, you're, you're set free. Yeah. That doesn't happen. I see so many companies that are eight years, ten years down the road, and they're still struggling. Mm -hmm. Like it's still a struggle. They still almost die all the time. <laughs> like it's tiring. And so that's the more that you know, for a lot of people, that is the reality. Yeah. So I think you really need to pick something that, regardless of whether you're going to be successful or not, you really want to work in it 
because there is a bigger purpose. Mm. And occasionally when I'm tired and when I haven't really thought of giving up, you know, when you're disappointed perhaps, occasionally then I feel, yeah, but this is not about me. You know, there's a higher purpose in what we're trying to do. This is about helping solve climate change. I have a responsibility to do this, not for my own success, but, you know, for for a bigger purpose. So I think having purpose in your work makes what you do more joyful and also will give you the grit and, and sort of, yeah, sort of longevity and hanging in there uh, to make something a success versus if there's no purpose behind it. Awesome. I love it again. Um, next one. I have two, two more. Uh, climate change presents both a challenge and an unparalleled, uh, unparalleled opportunity for transformation. Yeah, totally. I mean, that that definitely that that is definitely something I I would have said. We often talk about climate change in isolation as a niche, uh, as you know, as something we that that's also there. Uh, no, it's all encompassing, you know. Yeah. Like so, the whole revolution, what we're investing in through carbon equity, all of these climate technology solutions, is nothing less than the entire rewiring of the entire economy. Mm. And there is this very good like writer in the in the in the Netherlands, and he actually basically explained that our all of our wealth in the world is currently based on fossil fuels. Like the whole. Like let's say the whole anchoring, the whole uh, poles on which our economy stands mm-hmm. are fossil dependent. And now we need to remove, in the Netherlands you have a houses on poles and they stand in the sand. And the problem is that these poles are occasionally sinking deeper into the sand mm-hmm. or rotting. And then what happens, the house will fall down. Mm-hmm. So all these crooked houses in the Netherlands stand on poles. Now. The challenge that we have of our economy is to replace the poles under those Amsterdam houses whilst maintaining the current level of wealth that we have in the world, the current standard of living, and and improving it for billions of people. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a challenge. And there is no other option than going from fossil intense to fossil free because Either we, we, we blow up the whole foundation, we basically, our success will kill us, literally. You know, if we continue on the fossil fuel path, there will be no livable future and humans will go extinct. So the only option we have is to replace the poles, the foundations of our economy. And so the whole climate transition is all encompassing and it's everything so yes it's the biggest plus it's the biggest opportunity for innovation it is also the biggest necessity for innovation it can be massive 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 growth opportunity and 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 if we do that well then hopefully what it leads to is a healthy foundation for our economy instead of a toxic one which we currently have 100 Last one, Jacqueline. Um, success in entrepreneurship uh, hinges on persistence through ups and downs. Keep moving forward. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, all right. In 2004, I ran the marathon of New York. And uh, what I learned <laughs> is that if you stay on your feet <laughs> and you keep moving forward one foot before the other, you will make it to the finish line. 
<laughs> and that was, <laughs> that was there were many moments that I wanted to lie down and cry in the gutter. Um, but if you stay on your feet and you keep on moving forward, you, you will make the finish line. And this is also the same in entrepreneurship. You need to keep on walking and there will be days that you have disappointments and you get rejected and you miss out on the funding. You have to fire people. You get uh, abandoned by your team, by your key hires. All kinds of things can and will go wrong. As long as you keep on moving forward, you will get to a finish line. Amazing. This is such a perfect ending of this interview. Jacqueline, I love what you're building. I love you as a human being. You're so awesome. It's such a pleasure to meet you again and have this conversation with you again. Um, maybe to end it off, like, do you have any, like, do you have any new projects or uh, any new announcements or like, what do you have going on currently that you would like to share at the end? Yeah, well, 2024 is going to be a big year. Like last year, we raised our Series A and and we got Congrats. like a bit technical, but we got our long-awaited AFM license, which means that we officially are like a licensed uh, fund manager and are able to operate all across Europe and make a very serious step in terms of uh, tomorrow's truer democratization so from june hopefully we're going to launch our first lower ticket product uh, probably we'll start from 25k 25,000 euros and uh, hopefully at some point go down to 10,000 euros so we're making it much more accessible understanding that that is still a lot of money but <laughs> we're doing this step by step and opening up access uh, to impact private equity um, and we're starting uh, internationalization. So we already started in Belgium, but now we're also starting operations in Germany and Berlin. Mm -hmm. We are looking to hire uh, top talent. So if you're looking to work in climate finance, uh, give me a, give me a ring on, on LinkedIn or email me. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a big year for us. Amazing. Thanks so much, Jacqueline. Um, everyone, clap for Jacqueline. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> So, thanks so much uh, I hope to talk to you soon um, love the interview have a great day Jacqueline ciao thank you